Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello, Achievers. This is episode 79 of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author business. My name is Sasha Black, and here with me every single week mostly is... Daniel Wilcox. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Can we ask a different question? No, it's in the show notes, so I'm afraid I've got to ask it. Yeah, I've got to stick with the schedule. Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing okay today. Um, it's been it's been a hell of a week. I'll I'll say that much. Like, um, I don't really know what happened, but from pretty much Monday, like I got overwhelmed with crippling anxiety, and then had like a couple of things happen in personal life. I like, received a few bits of bad news that weren't fantastic, um, and. So I've been trying to like push through and also work on top of that. And it's just a case of sometimes that's hard. And this Mm. week has been, this week has been one of those where I've really have had to forgive myself and cut myself some slack. And because it's hard when you're in this kind of job, especially when you do the kind of stuff that we do, because there are things that you have to do for the business to run. Yeah. And so like, I, I almost kind of went back to one of our first episodes, which is sort of ran during the pan, like the beginning of the pandemic, which was like, what is your bare minimum? And how can you like set that as your bar and work from there? Yeah. Um, and I've been working on the stuff that I should be working on just very, very quietly in the background and like giving myself some rest and things. Um, but then at the same time, like I will, I will say like a big public thank you to Sam from um, my activated office group, who has basically been picking up the sack this week in, in my absence because I've just had to like step away and just breathe. And one thing that has reminded me is like if you like if you don't take rest or if you don't sort of like process things as they come, like your body will force you to rest anyway. So I've been like incredibly lethargic this week. I've just like I had uh, meetings with different people because I got a book launching today, which is very, very exciting. But I just in in meetings, I've just found myself just very like overwhelmed and unable to take in more information because you know. I don't think it's a secret to anyone that like I do a lot we do a lot like there's a lot on our plates and it just reached a point of like real saturation especially for this week and like I said I've come around that dip now I'm still like a bit tired but mentally I'm much more sort of like back to where I was mm-hmm. um but it's it's just bizarre because these these sort of episodes for me they don't come around all that often and when they do it feels like a real it's a real curveball. It's a real surprise for me to suddenly go like, oh, I, I'm unable to handle the stuff that I normally handle. Um, and I think that as this is kind of why I started the Activated Authors group is, and one of the reasons that like I'm really becoming an advocate of sort of like healthy productivity because I, I've been around and this is in no way like slandering anyone that lives by this lifestyle like at all. Like, it's, it's a real legitimate way to go, but uh, I've, I've been raised in writing around people that like write fast and pump out books and I'm like in those communities and stuff and for me I've learned that I can do that just not sustainably and there are like real consequences to it so I'm really trying to preach productivity but in a way that is healthy and is sustainable and can keep you pushing so having this week where I can just luckily like have the support of like other writers and stuff to be able to go right I'm taking a breather while mm. still working on sort of like key stuff um has been fundamental and very very uh like i'm very very thankful for so that's been my week um not even a weird week just a very heavy shit week (laughs) yeah i'm sorry that you've had a rough week and i wish i could give you a big bromance hug (laughs) my week has been phenomenal um oh how's your week then yeah i think (laughs) let's let's talk about me now um so had i had coaching when we recorded last time yes okay so did I talk about the outcome of that yes okay fine so um I really feel like I'm still uh appreciating and living the fallout of that 
Um, I feel mm. like it's just going from strength to strength to strength. You know how like sometimes you do something and pardon me, it's like takes you from here to here. And then it's like that slow dip back down. That's not what happened. I feel like it took me to here and now I'm just like increasing. Um, and it, I suppose that's like the intellection and the need to like process and think things through. Um, and then I suppose the implementation and stuff that I've been doing in the background. Um, mm. So yeah, like I just, I feel really good. I feel, um, so there's a couple of things. One is, or oh, two or three things, I think. One, I've learned how useful anger is for me. <laughs> I also had this backed up because I had a feeling that this was the case. Like with my influencing strengths, I had a feeling that this was the case. Um, but then in the influencing energy pennies last night, she was like, like with a couple of the strengths of which I have, they were like, rage is really good because like it makes you do stuff, like particularly for competition. And I was like, ah, oh, my whole life makes sense. <laughs> so that was number one um number two uh I am continuing to shut down tasks and Mm. oh my god it is glorious um I feel so empowered by shutting down stuff that I owe people and I um I haven't finished everything this week I was hoping to have finished everything this week but I haven't that's okay um I will just finish a couple more things next week and then I think I will more or less have my whole plate clear so like I looked at my diary last week and I got a new planner a new style of planner which I'll show you in the thing you've enjoyed um and I was just like wow I don't have a lot of stuff to put in here which is really unusual for me um so yeah and there was one other thing what was the other thing I've kind of oh I'm implementing a 24 hour no decision on hey twinsies yeah yeah because we both have activator at number six and she can be a little bar steward um because she makes us want to do stuff immediately (laughs) and that can then whilst it might be okay in the moment and you get the dopamine hit you then have to deal with the consequences of an overactive activator um so yeah, like I'm really enjoying this. And what I'm actually finding is that I'm making better decisions by not mm-hmm. making decisions for 24 hours. And the other thing I've decided to do, sorry, I just, I've had such a cracking week um, is I'm changing my autoresponder. So at the moment, my autoresponder says I won't reply until a Wednesday or Sunday, but actually that's not what actually happens. Um, so I think I'm just going to change it and I'm going to put blanket. I will not reply to your email for at least 24 hours um and in most circumstances it could take up to or over a week because like emails are other people's priorities I fucking hate my inbox and I just don't want to deal with it so I'm just not gonna because why should I like there's not never anything that is literally life or death and if there is something that's life or death in there I'll reply quickly um but I Mm -hmm. just want to put out there that um you know in my inbox that it's my inbox is not my priority so yeah I don't know yeah. I just feel really empowered at the moment and I'm loving it Good. long overdue yeah yeah and emails emails are like a really really and like I go through my emails semi-regularly and I do find that the amount of times I go on there and I'm just deleting emails and I'm just unsubscribing from things that number one I never subscribe to or even things that like you subscribe to as part of like something else and like 80 90 percent of them are just crap like at the minute and this seems to be just a thing that happens every year and again i'm not like slandering the organization it's just this part i don't enjoy this as a member of the horror writers association you can opt in to receive sort of like bram stoker um nominations from other authors Uh, okay no so like every day i'm getting about six or seven emails from horror authors it's like here's my book to consider for like if you want to nominate it for a thing and i'm like there are some good books in there and there's someone who's going to be um putting themselves forward for that soon like I want to understand that process and see what people are doing so I can get like a the gist of what the kind of like vibe is but at the same time I'm just getting all these emails and then just like dragging them into a folder and being like for later for later for later and it's it just fills your inbox yeah to be honest I went through that unsubscribe thing quite a while ago so I majority of the emails in my inbox I would say it's about 70, 30 for me, 70% need responses and 30% don't. But what I am trying to instill in myself is that, is to take the burden pressure 
away from that 70% by saying, well, I can respond to them whenever. I don't have to respond to them today. They are not my priority because I feel this real burden with having to reply quickly to emails. And that is mm-hmm. just a lie. That is a lie that I've told myself. That's, that's legacy from corporate. Yeah, it is. It is, it is a corporate is. legacy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, know, I remember. I, sorry. Go on. I was just, I was going to say like a super quick story. Like I remember in my old job when um, I, I got promoted to like manager of my, my department and you for people that have like got to that point, you'll find that the people who used to be on the same sort of like um, hierarchical level as you don't really see you as a manager, even yeah. though like all your responsibilities just like rack up. Mm-hmm. Now I remember really getting to the point where I was like, I need to find ways to just get on with work. So I'd be at my desk, I'd have headphones on, I'd be working away and like my headphones were kind of like my fuck off. Yeah. a symbol and I'd still get people standing at my side waiting for me and I remember taking off my headphones once turning around to one of my colleagues just saying like you're right and she was like oh have you seen my email and I went <gasps> I haven't I haven't been on my emails yet this morning when did you send it she was like oh, about 15 minutes ago and I was like then you can wait for a response like if it was that important you could have phoned me or like done this to start with don't send me an email and then be like have you got the email 15 oh minutes God. later especially when like and it was it was something stupid as well. It was something like really, really small. I mean, obviously, like everyone's priorities, are everyone's priorities, but I was like, that's yeah, people, especially in corporate culture, really just get that email answer, just go through it, like inbox zero, all this kind of crap. And yeah. Yeah. Like, and also like I just want to say thanks to all my patrons as well, because they they are they remind me that it it's okay like for example I decided to give feedback to the anthology for all the patrons um you know and I did say it was going to take me a little bit of time and they were like that's okay we know you're busy we're just grateful that you're going to give the feedback and I'm like that is the kindest thing you could ever say I am so grateful and it just makes me reminds me that actually it is okay that you don't have to reply to everything within three Mm -hmm. seconds so yeah like I don't know I just um I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do, do just want to like belabor this point because I think it's so key. But like your time is your time. And especially this is your business. Mm. So like you need to work on the fundamental cogs of what turns your business and what drives your passion and your input. That's why you started in this job. Yeah. So don't like when you've got all these people like clawing outside the fence and like demanding your attention, just walk past them and flick up a middle finger and be like, I'll get to you when I'm ready. Like occasionally oh. open the door and be like, actually, this is going to help. All right, cool. Close that because I I get so many like I get so many just emails for just like general chit chat or like even like yeah just just bits and pieces where I'm like these are niceties but they're not like they're really not helping me and especially business wise I need to be doing especially right now like I need to be doing things that like drive my business forward I I definitely know where you're coming from there have been things in the past where I'm like I'm putting a lot of energy into this and I enjoy it but it's moving the needle nowhere or it's just like it's just not where because we are, I think the thing we have to always remember is like, as solopreneurs, we are one person. Yeah. And we're not a team. We don't have like, or, you know, we can grow into a team, but most of us are like, we don't have a marketing person, a finance person, a business person, a strategist, a HR, oh. like whatever. Like we are, we are just one person. So where does your attention deserve to be? And how does that help your business sustain and grow? And I can tell you that, I really enjoy the community that I have in Patreon and I really enjoy writing words and and next year I am going to write all of the words so I don't know and I'm going to do many more I don't know yeah I'm just I next year is my year of no I've already decided that is the theme for next year my theme is no Every year I have a have a have a different theme, and next year it's like the the year of no, I think. Yeah. yeah, mine mine isn't panning out yet this year. Well, no, it kind of is. It's better than it was last year, but it's still like a lot of work. Mine was balanced this year. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's slowly getting there. Start again now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Right, come on, sunshine, level up. Yeah, that please. was Article One. On to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> 25 minutes uh, into the show this week's level up is brought to us by tracy lovelock who said i had my first 1k month still in the red but it's a step in the right direction i want to oh, say a massive amazing. congratulations because that's a hell of a milestone especially that to is. like get that first four figure month and like you say even though you're in the red it's moving up 
it's in the right direction. The good thing about books and selling that is that it's constantly residual royalty. So you're going to yeah. eventually earn that back. Um, so yeah, that's huge. Congratulations. That is huge. Like I still remember my first four figure month and it was a fucking glorious moment. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I shared um I actually shared a, a thing with my activated authors yesterday, which is like a screen grab of specifically my Devil's Rock publishing business and the earnings over the month since it had started. And obviously you can see like the spikes in launches and things, but with every spike, then the baseline rose. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting about that, just because I think this is useful, is again, this comes back to something we mentioned a couple of weeks ago of like uh overall, my units sold are slightly down. But overall, my earnings are up since I changed all my prices to, you know, industry standard and when actually someone, what they should be. So. Someone really amazing and clever told you that you were underselling yourself. Is that what you're talking about? Like when that really cool yeah. person like made you. Yeah, I think I, I think it was a conversation <laughs> I had with Luke. Yeah, Luke's really wise like that, yeah. <laughs> I do think that is amazing though like that baseline income and I definitely like when I look at my graphs I see that as well and like Mm -hmm. things really changed after I launched pros I would say like they really jumped after that um but uh yeah it's like amazing that um I was really appreciating multiple streams of income as well because I forget that I do things and then like last night I had a message and I was and they were like oh yeah I need to send you two hundred dollars that you've earned and I was like what what did I do to earn that I was like cool I was like yay that's dinner paid for today (laughs) um but yeah like and you do like the more two hundred dollar dinner Jesus where are you dining (laughs) no I'm just you know it's Connie's birthday I I have to treat the woman um you know um things but they do like things grow and expand exponentially and yeah I don't know I just I'm I'm I am in such a good place this week that's all I'm saying right Patreon no new patrons this week um but thank you a deep heartfelt thank you to all of our existing Mm -hmm. patrons and if you would like to join us on Patreon and get access to all of the episodes early as well as joining us for our next level author um (laughs) <laughs> nearly called it poison and prose our next level author q a's uh which are monthly then you can by visiting patreon.com forward slash next level authors no hesitancy just gets me every time i know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um notices has one published one's book yes well that's not what I want to point people to today because it's mm. mostly a horror anthology. And if you're not a horror reader, you're going to skew up my, uh, my also boards. Um, but yeah, the Omen's Call is out uh, the anthology that I edited with Julie Heiner. Um, so if you're into sort of like dark spooky reads and you want something for Halloween, we have 11 cracking stories all centered around the theme of omens. Um, honestly, like some of those stories in, in there are just phenomenal. Um, like there are a few that, I won't go into specifics because I'm not like I'm I'm not that parent. Uh, but, but like there are a couple of stories in there that for me were instant, just like yes, like a hundred percent. This is being included in the anthology. Like the the themes are stretched. Like the writing's beautiful. I think there's such a good combination in there. Uh, and there's a story in there from myself and a story in there from the wonderful Judy Heiner as well. And what I will say as well is that um, again, for anyone who wants to celebrate that launch with us, oh, it doesn't really matter because this goes out on Tuesday. We yeah, I'll just I'll just stop that there. <laughs> On Friday we did a thing and you can't join it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you going to tell us about the thing? Oh my stomach hurts. <laughs> Are you going thanks for that very long and lengthy waffle? Are you gonna tell us the notice that you actually want to give us? Which I'm pretty sure is a challenge, is it not? Five day free challenge, nano preppers. Head on over to activated.com forward slash preppers. And I I tell you what, I am I did not realize how much I had to say on this subject. Like it's a five day free challenge. I am on each of the days going through things that should help people prepare for nano because you cannot go into nano blind. You just cannot. Even if you are a plotter, a pantser, I still contest that you need some kind of organization about your life in order to fit nano in. So for me, this is really, it's a mindset challenge. It's an organization challenge. It's, it's got some story structure stuff in there as well. And I've, the resources that I put together, I must be on like, eight or nine k's worth of words right now and i've only done sort of three days worth of resources so i'm pretty much considering potentially turning this into a future book um but like there's, there's lots of stuff in there jump into the the group with us get involved it's free five days challenge ready go lovely 
I don't think I really have an announcement notice thing this week because... Because you've got I... nothing to promote or sell as a businesswoman. No, it's more <laughs> that um, I uploaded the audiobook and that is going through the back end uh, of, uh, what's it called, verifications and stuff. So um, I will... Prob- I don't know when that's going to go through. I might do some giveaway codes and things um and review copies and stuff but until it's through i don't know yeah so no i'm not gonna we're gonna move on (laughs) thing of the week that you've enjoyed darling um so what have i got in here so i have been accepted into Vellum 3.0's beta, which is very exciting because I'm playing with the the new Vellum. And I can't remember if I've said if we've said this on this podcast, but like one amazing thing that's happened in the last few months is the launch of Atticus by Dave Chesson from Kindlepreneur. Mm-hmm. And the reason that's so amazing is because there's such an issue, just or like something that really grates me about the fact that Vellum's only available on Mac, and it's such a fantastic piece of software. It has shaved literally like hours off of my formatting time for my books. Because I'm not joking. I used to do a lot of like the formatting in Word because I'm a bit of a word whiz. Um, and even then, like you you get like the perfect formatting and it would take the time it takes to upload onto different platforms, which is a long time anyway. Then you'd find an error. Then you'd have to go back. And then there's this. And you'd never be able to explain some of the errors. And Vellum just sweeps through and, and does it all for you. And it's so easy to use and it's beautiful. Um, but it's only available on mac so atticus came out as a book formatter which is available on both i believe windows and mac um and it's forced some competition up vellum's ass because there was no one to make vellum improve and get better and Mm -hmm. so i've heard very good things about atticus so far like apparently there's a a couple of small bugs but generally it seems that the uh, feedback seems to be very very positive considering it's quite a new software vellum 3.0 um has added a lot of features that I've been asking for for ages in terms of like sort of more customization, sort of full page bleed images and stuff. And just like in general, it's it's just a beautiful thing to behold. Um, still some stuff to, to work out on there, but like it's nice to see the competition pushing Vellum up and sort of adding some more features. So I've been playing with that. No, why? Because competition's awesome and it's good for everyone. Well, yeah, but this is the whole, this is one of the greatest things about um, like Elon Musk, like the fact that he's pushed the agenda on electric cars has meant that suddenly every other car industry has had to suddenly go like who are dabbling in electric cars have suddenly had to go oh shit like people are buying electric cars and he's making nice cars that are selling so we need to like just throwing fireworks into somewhere and just making people have to compete is you know he's the world's richest man now he's overtaken bezos and he sent him some like loser card thing, which I thought was they, they keep going backwards and forth because they swapped yeah. last year as well. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, did they? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's hilarious. witty bants between the billionaires, trillionaires, whatever the hell they are. They're billionaires. Um, Nobody, no one in the world is a trillion yet. A trillionaire yet. I am in kindness. So my, I will, <laughs> I will quickly add like one other thing I've enjoyed. Um, I've started blogging through the activated authors website so every week i'm putting out sort of like a piece of content that's designed to help like writers improve um i'm building sort of like a foundational library of just stuff um mm. from my perspective i'm getting like the input of the other members in in the group and it's just quite fun to actually see that build because i've been looking into blogging for ages and just seeing it come together is a nice thing to behold it's all working which is nice okay my turn wow <laughs> Well, yeah. I, got, I mean, sorry, miss. I've always got like three things to throw out there when I've asked for one. Wow. Let me rebel for once. We are feeling spiteful today. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Wow. I've enjoyed most things this week, uh, but I have a new Great. planner. Great. Let's move on. <laughs> and um, so this planner is called the Planner Pad. And what I really like about it is that um, it, this, so for those on, YouTube I will hold it up to the screen and for those listening in audio I will explain so it's uh sort of a4 and it's a double page spread and um it has along the top 
Uh, it spreads from left to right across both pages and it has nice. uh, three columns, no, four columns on each page where it asks you to cat- put your tasks for the whole week into categories. So, for example, you might have writing tasks, publishing tasks, marketing tasks, shit you owe other people, whatever. So you can do that. So I really like that ca- that tasks by category. Then it has um, in the middle section, it has days of the week. So you can then assign those tasks to different days. Like, let's say you need to do something specifically by Thursday. Well, then you should probably be doing it Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, if you like the pressure Mm -hmm. of last minute. (laughs) And then at the bottom, along the bottom, um, it has uh, like an appointment section. So it lists it starts at 7 a.m. and it has a line for every single hour down to 9 p.m. So you get a whole view of your whole week, all of the things that you have to get done um, and like the days that you need to get them done. And it has space for like appointments and things. So I really like basically I came to doing my um, uh, quarterly planner like normal and I just didn't gel with it so I was like I'm going to try something else so I'm gonna this is what I'm trying and I quite like it I it's yet to be decided if it will work for me um but one of the things of being high strategic is you know you pivot and change quite a lot so I just know that no one planner is ever going to be the planner for me forever I have been using the clever fox planners for quite a while now um so yeah, we're going to see how this goes. I don't know how it will go. The other thing I have enjoyed is the multitude of book deliveries. <laughs> Sweet. I almost brought a free write and then I <laughs> implemented the 24-hour rule and then was like, you just want it because you think it's a panacea. It's not a panacea, darling. You just need to keep your ass cheeks glued to the chair. Um so I was like, you know, I'm just going to spend like 100, 120 quid on books instead. So I brought loads of young adult lesbian books <laughs> and it has filled me with joy. Um, nice. I have one week left of reading of the Kindle Storyteller stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I am going to fucking devour books before Christmas. I have 12 books left to go before I hit my target for the year. Wow. Jesus Christ. I've read 88 books this year. I've got 12 left to go before I hit 100. And I am going to feel so much pride when I get to that 100 figure. It's unbelievable. Nice. I'm so excited for it. I've gone the opposite direction. I've literally thrown out my good reading and stopped counting because I'm back to like, I want to just, I can't make everything a challenge. And even though I'm not really sticking strictly with it, the fact that it's there is really annoying me. Yeah. Change the goal to like 12 books and then you'll have already completed it. Ah, one month ago, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I yeah, exactly. You have to work. You have to do what works for you. And challenges work for me because I like the comp- competition. It just that's that yeah. is what drives me. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah. What I'm trying not to do is raise the bar because <laughs> I'm like in my head I have a new figure of books that I want to reach, and I'm like, no, Sasha, the challenge was a hundred books. You get to a hundred and then you complete. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, but like in my head, I'm like, mm, we're going to read this money. And I'm like, mm, no, anyway, <clears throat> so that's, that's now, you know, my straining face. Um, <laughs> okay. Always, we- always needed that in my life. I know, right. Uh, weekly confessional. Dan will finalize the launch for the Omens call, complete three or five days of resources and 15,000 words of ghostwriting. So I sorted out the stuff for the Omens call. I completed three or five days of resources, which I wouldn't have if we had recorded yesterday. And also I did 4,000 words of ghostwriting. So technically I failed. But you failed! I was also... <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. No, I'm joking. Hold up, because I want a conversation about this, like as a serious <laughs> thing, because, and I wanted to do this live on air. One, one thing that we haven't accounted for... Yeah are weeks when things go out the window and it is shit like I am fully accountable to myself for like every week that I, I try and do something but there are weeks that throw us and so I don't know how how that affects things because like I physically like on a normal week that would have been easy knock out the park for me but like and this isn't I will say this isn't me getting out of a forfeit if the audience wants to give me a forfeit and if you want to give me a forfeit I will do a forfeit but what I'm saying is like for future and stuff like 
there are periods where we're not at our best mm. and this week like I couldn't have done any more like I've actually probably still done too much than what so, I should have done <clears throat> yeah I definitely feel like I've had a situation like this before and had to do a forfeit but you know that's fine um I I am going to go away and mull this situation over <laughs> because I completely agree with you I do mm-hmm. think that there are weeks when it's just impossible um and yeah stuff comes up like when there's pan- pandemic lockdowns and things yeah. and you just can't control it um mm-hmm. so yeah we I'm gonna go away and I might do a very kind forfeit to you right <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I don't I don't know what it looks like we said before about like putting in those almost like um a get out of jail free card yeah like, I don't want you to year? use your game <laughs> wow no like i'm just saying like if there are occasions like i don't know i don't know i just i think the thing is i don't want i don't want us to feel like we're getting punished just because we've been unwell (laughs) yeah 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 over to you back yeah maybe you just have to wear your boob top again next time lucky i haven't thrown that out yet i know right (laughs) um okay so sasha will outline enough of trade to start editing ka-ching there's my outline bitches um and i have started uh, although completely cheating well it's not cheating because i did the work but um (gasps) i only had to edit like a couple of lines in the first two chapters so I'm like yeah I've edited like seven and a half thousand words and really haven't I just only had to like tweak a couple of things um mm-hmm. so yes I have started uh continue shutting nice. down task cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. um yeah like I said just before we came on air I haven't finished everything that I owe other people but I'm pardon me I am getting very close Nice. Uh, read as many Kindle Storyteller uh, books as possible. So uh, it's been announced now what the Kindle Storyteller books are. So if anybody's interested, um, we've got uh, Rachel McLean, The Corfi Castle Murders. So I've read that one. Uh, Escape to Hummingbird Hotel by Daisy James. I've read that one. <clears throat> I am almost halfway through this one, uh, which is Stranger at the Village by Mary Kingswood. And then the last two that I've got to read by Friday. <laughs> are an isolated instant by jd kirk <gasps> no uh, way yeah barry i know it's barry uh-huh. it is barry and then a thousandly the second set sect sorry by tao wong um we have met him because he was at london uh 20 books edinburgh that's i wait i think go on keep talking i'm gonna google him because i do that's think barry. i might to dinner with him <laughs> yeah quite possibly that's barry and this is um rachel mccollin no way yeah, yeah i yeah. went to dinner with him he's an amazing guy yeah yeah Tal. yeah. and 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 so then this is uh yeah rachel mccullin so i actually know also, three of the the five authors which has been wonderful actually to get to read some of their work um and, and of I course sat i next love to two of them at the dinner table <laughs> yeah so um it's been really good actually it's been really interesting to get to read indie authors books and to to um yeah, I don't know. Like, it's been really interesting. What genre is Taos? <clears throat> Fantasy, um, based in a, in Asia, I think. I haven't read that one yet, so I can't tell you for sure. Because he was so, writing um, Gamelet. Yeah, RPG. So it's interesting to see him going, yeah. yeah. So this is crime. This is like travel, holiday, cosy romance. This is historical fiction. Um, this is crime. And then this one is... Yeah, like fantasy. I don't know. I, I've still got that one to read. Um, That's exciting. Yeah. So. Ah, just got all the fuzzies. <laughs> yeah, it's been. I've, I'm so pleased that they've um, all got shortlisted. Um, mm-hmm. w- what it has reminded me, though, is it has taught me that. What, what I need to be very careful how I say this. Um, you know how we say that people read in a genre and, and they mm-hmm. stick to that genre and they go to that genre for a reason. I've really yeah. understood what that means this week. Yeah, I have this week. Because <clears throat> none of those books are my genre and um, I can't really give you any opinions on them. Um, but, you know, 
all of them are excellent, <laughs> you know, but they're not my genre. And that has been a very interesting process because it's actually been a while since I read something that wasn't my genre. So when this is all yeah. done and said, I would like to come back and have a conversation about this. Um, and yeah. maybe, maybe we do that um, in and around when we talk about uh, the anthologies. anthologies. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, because we had like a very small conversation yesterday about like the fact that um, I was reading someone's work and like I was con- considering DNFing it because what I've learned is like it's really well written and it's a really good yes. book. Yes. But it's not my type of good book. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's been a real sort of like, because I read a book a couple of weeks ago that like I was gripped, like it was everything that like I search for and yeah. they were in the same broad overarching genre but they were different subgenres and like it's really sort of pointed out to me why I go to one and not the other mm. yeah and I mean I do read in more than one genre but they are generally speaking yeah. subgenres of the same genre um, mine are very I- adult I've discovered like YA doesn't do it for me well see I read a mix of young adult anything anything young adult I will read adult fantasy and non-fiction um and then occasionally if it's slightly pacier I will read a literary fiction book but Mm. it has to be on the pacier side because I don't like slow books same um yeah. yeah so yeah yeah one one extra thing to throw out just to throw out more things like because we haven't already done that is um <laughs> an excellent read that i'm working through at the minute the relaxed author by miss penn and mr lefevre finished um, that yesterday it's amazing nice yeah. I'm about halfway through it so far but yeah, yeah definitely definitely recommend there's some good lessons in there that's another thing that i enjoyed this week i downloaded i brought the audiobook direct from joanna nice it was seamless absolutely mm. seamless oh my goodness mate I definitely want to once I've got more than one audiobook I am definitely gonna set that up so people can buy direct from me because that was fantastic beautiful okay oh my goodness me comments oh my god are we still not to the question of the week show what's Tasha this happens every week <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should remove a couple of beginning things if you want to make it sure but also I don't mind uh so the question we asked was what is the book or books you've most you've given most as a gift and why and Melissa said, good omens have bought it at least eight times. We buy it for ourselves, then lend our copy and it never comes back. Every time it gets passed on and on and on. Now, I don't know whether that's a book that you've gifted because it's great or because you keep losing it. Mm-hmm. But also it is a fantastic book. And if you've not seen the TV series, it is exquisite. Um, Ida says, I don't generally give out books, but I've given out Shonda Rhimes year of yes to two or three people. As far as writing, I've recommended many times, but not gifted Romancing the Beat by Gwen Hayes. And Shane says, Jack Canfield's The Success Principles. That's one that's been on my list for a while and I haven't yet got to. Um, you haven't tri- read The Success Principles? Not yet. <gasps> I think it's on my shelf right now, actually. Um, I recommend the audiobook. Okay. I recommend the audiobook. Check it out. But yeah, thank you everyone for commenting. Um, yes. Okay, so that means that... Um, we are on to the question of the week, I think. Are we not? Right, oh, Raggy. Yes. Um, okay, so... Oh, question- one super quick mention before you get into that. Uh, Level Up Challenge is oh, yeah. over. Yeah. Pens down, thumbs up, as they say in British primary schools. I don't know if to like other countries. Um, but yeah, congratulations to everyone who did the thing that we're meant to do. Uh, for those who haven't, we await your videos of you attempting to juggle eggs. Yes, I um, I have set my quarter four goals. I think there's 13, but I'm only going to be accountable for seven or eight of them. So, yeah, I did that. Only seven or eight. Yeah. No, no, Interesting, I've been doing them. Yeah, I want, to re- I want to do all of them, but, like, I don't want to be accountable to all of them because I'll have to burn myself into the ground. So, like, I want yeah. to know which ones are the priority, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting, I've been doing my planning this week as well, so I should have some uh, juicy goals. So that means we have to do another challenge. Level up challenge. Yeah. Okay. Question of the week. What <sighs> is your relationship with learning? Oh. So 
this is an interesting one because I've actually been thinking about this lately. Um, so if we dive into strengths, I am very high learner. I'm very high input. And what I discovered over the last few years is that for me, there's a very stereotypical way of how I viewed learning. And I surprised myself by how much I learned by not doing things that I consider learning. So I've always considered learning like reading a book or doing a course, like these very traditional sort of like educational structures to input knowledge on a specific subject subject and, and to do that. And so let me sort of, this will be quite stunted, but I've got like a few different thoughts on this. So one thing that I did learn was in writing collaboration for authors and the self-publishing blueprint I went away and I did like additional research obviously around the subject that I was writing mm. and taking a leaf from your book I got like sticky tabs and I was ready to like go through all these non-fictions and to sort of like label things and and go through so I had this book that was just like very very rainbow colored with lots of things that I'd learned and taken away um that's not how I work like I I'm a very absorbative absorb what's the absorbative? word absorbative I don't know. Absorption? I feel like there's going to be a different word. But I I take in a lot of information and I just process it internally. Like I can regurgitate facts. I can remember song lyrics. I can remember like quotes from films and things after watching it just like once or twice. Like I have a very, um, I'm quite good with that sort of memory recall in terms of like how my brain processes stuff and just like logs it away in my head. So I don't often have to like write down the things that I've learned in order to learn them. What I will add on that is that like sometimes specificity is an issue. So if I know that I've read something in a book that was amazing that I was like, I need to come back to and I haven't marked it, like that's then an issue because mm. finding that specific thing then takes up time to find that thing. So personally, I'm still working on a way to catalog and actually my Kindle Oasis now is like part of my new method to do that because I just highlight things as I go through that. I'm like, this could be useful. And then at so least I've got reference points. That you I don't know, mind highlighting tabbing. it. You don't mind uh-huh. highlighting it on the Kindle, but you and do I'll mind highlighting it in a book. That's so and I'll tell you why. Because it catalogs it and puts it in an easy to access list as opposed to me like flicking through pages or having to like write down elsewhere. It's so interesting to me. I know, I know. You are I'm... so interesting. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and so I I learn a lot of stuff through like reading nonfiction, um, watching YouTube videos and things. But then I found that I, over the last few years especially, have gotten very into like watching lots of documentaries and watching like behind the scenes stuff of how things are made. Like things that fascinated me over the last couple of years are like the uh, documentary about biohacking, the documentary about like the video game industry and where that came from, because I'm getting really interested in like history and the placement of like human activity over the timeline of existence. Um, like Stephen Hawkins, um, this is a book, but one that like just, just I very much enjoyed Stephen Hawkins' Brief History of Time. Like I found that I just, I like to learn and it's not restricted to any specific thing. And so if I get interested in, That's say, input. yeah, yeah. Input I like, is your widener and learner mm-hmm. is your narrower. Okay. But like, I found that because I'm a big Pokemon fan, I'll then go deep into like how the animation has progressed throughout the years from just like sketch drawing to like digital artistry to like how they voice animate across different countries. And the reason that like manga, the mouth moves in like a certain way. I just, I, I find that, and this is really, I uh, this is kind of like linking quite strongly into where I am at the minute with like fiction and stuff. But like, if I'm not learning, I never feel like I'm growing. And I think what's the, what's the point? Like, why would I run my same treadmill again and again and again and again? Like I love learning. So even with my own fiction at the minute, I'm looking at what direction I'm going to be taking that over the next few years, because I feel like I can adequately write a horror story. I feel like I can adequately like ghostwrite for the clients that I ghostwrite for, but I really like one of the things that took me into this space and into writing in general to start with was that real hunger to learn and like the formation of a paragraph and sentence structure and like how can you convey an emotion through just like simple words placed together and I feel like at the minute when winter comes being an exception because I absolutely loved writing that um I feel at the minute that I'm getting a bit stagnant in my own fiction and I really want to like learn something new and like take a bit of a bit of a curve like I still want to remain within the realm of dark fiction because that's the stuff that I do just enjoy but I've got lots of ideas for 
ways that I can go and move forward because like I say if I'm not learning then I'm not growing and like I I've tried over the years a lot of times to sit and go through courses and I tried to do sort of like conventional things online and I do find that a lot of how I learn is just it's it transcends like media it doesn't have to be a specific thing like I love um meeting people and asking people questions like for example my mum recently held a like a charity bake afternoon tea thing and she invited loads of people from sort of the local village and one woman I was speaking to owns like 24 hectares of land and I just got chatting to her and she was saying about how like she's one of the she's like an award-winning pig raiser in the UK which I found absolutely fascinating and then started like asking her about like the the lifespan of her pigs which if you're of a sensitive disposition pause it for a second or like mute it but like i didn't realize how short the lifespan of raised pigs were before they went to the butchery like it's they they come in at like six weeks old and they leave at 16 weeks and i was like that's something i didn't know but is very very interesting and then i spoke to another person who works for raspberry pi and i was like and i think this is also you've hit a button with me Sasha I think this is also like a reason why I enjoyed interviewing so much is that you you can really like cure your curiosity and dive into other people and how they work and their processes and see things that but that's your individualization that's your individualization oh yeah just just, learner yeah and just peopling in general I just I do love peopling or like understanding people and it actually we were saying I was in a a conversation with an author friend of mine yesterday and we were having a a conversation about something which I'll fill you in after this episode but like something that's not meant to be a real tease but I realize it's going to be but also it's not my information to give Mm -hmm. um but something that's kind of like moved into the indie space that the reason it's moved into the indie space because it's not swimming in the waters of other indies like it's something that has been like i don't know how to say this without sounding like absolute brick it's to say like there's movement on like new things that are coming into the conventional indie space because we swim in like waters with a lot of other people like there's there is a um bubble that we get trapped in as indies Mm. and some of the biggest changes the biggest disruptors come from outside from people who are interested in doing what indies do but see it from like mechanics or from like the it industry or just like these people that can like bring something new from a different experience so speaking to someone about that yesterday about how um the reason this is exciting and fresh and new is because they're not they're not privy to a lot of like what we do so it brings like a new perspective and yeah i just i just i enjoy that and i really enjoy listening to people's opinions and perspectives and not trying to judge them, but trying to understand where it comes from. Um, which again, I think comes back to sort of like the coaching and the activated authors and everything else. So in conclusion, a hungry learner. Um, I don't, and I don't mean it's offending anyone, but I don't understand people that don't want to learn at least something new as they go through life, because I kind of, I think life is about growth and understanding. And that's my opinion. Um, but yeah, I'm a hungry learner and it tends to be from, multiple sources that just transcend all sort of categories and then I try and find ways to like link them and work out how they all interplay together so yeah this is probably why my mind is always so like full of shit because I'm not emphasizing this I'm not like saying this to to declaring sort of like grandiose statement about myself I cannot switch my brain off <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot shut it down like I am forever thinking I am the guy that sits in the back of the car or like on a bus on the way to somewhere and I will look at like a city and be like, there's not a single millimeter of this place that hasn't been in some way touched by human. Like that plastic over there that made part of this lamppost was probably shipped by China. Like where the hell did that come from? How did that generally as a thing start when we started like shipping in products to then a company shaping that into the, this is literally like my brain does this all the time. So there you oh. go. I'll <laughs> that, that was quite the tangent at the end there. <laughs> It's where I go. It's where I go. I, love I do love it. <laughs> also, I love your enthusiasm for this answer for the answer to this week's question. Like <laughs> I kind, of, I kind of had a feeling that you were going to really enjoy this question. But um mm. yeah, I, I love the answer even more. How about you? Oh yeah, I forgot I have to answer it. So um I have always been a learner, 
always like I think that was the first strength that everybody else could see maybe I probably not I was probably always competitive but um (laughs) it's the strength that going into the strengths test I knew I would have um because I even as a child had an insatiable appetite for information and knowledge and I was and it is karma as a bitch because my son is exactly the same and he claims to hate learning and I'm like but do you you don't understand learning as a child yeah learning's the thing you have to do at school he does not understand because he he can't leave something he the the, (sighs) this week he was like what comes after infrared light? And I was like, well, why don't you Google that? You know, because, and he's like, well, there's UV that we can't see and we can't see infrared. So what other light spectrums can't we see? And I'm like, well, we should find that out, Atlas. We should find that out. Um, But, you know, I was exactly the same as a kid. Like, I, I remember learning. I remember my aunt who used to run a dragonfly sanctuary teaching me the difference between a male and a female dragonfly and we would trick people we would play pranks and make out like I was a child genius and really what had happened was she had taught me the symbols it's like the male and female symbols so we'd like because my other aunt used to have these enormous like um parties and gatherings for all these people that worked like entomologists and like bat specialists and bug specialists and all these people and um and uh so yeah she would be like oh well uh, my niece is a child genius and and they'd be like really and uh so she'd open this book and be like oh Sasha which one is you know a bug of which one's male and which one's female I'd be like oh well that one's male that one's female and they'd be like no yeah like so we were absolutely pissing our pants laughing because none of them ever realized what we were doing but it was anyway like but that I can I have memories of that kind of stuff of like learning random things as a kid and then um I I almost lost my love of education I didn't do A levels I did the international baccalaureate um, now, the International Baccalaureate is something they do much more in European schools. And our school was a, pardon me, a, um, what's it, what's it called? A tri- like we were testing it, we were trialing it. And uh, there were a couple of subjects that they couldn't get in the timetable that I wanted to take for A-levels. So I was like, well, can I do the IB instead? So I took the baccalaureate. But unfortunately, because they, it was like a trial year, they really fucked it up and um they there was like whole modules left out of my biology exam yeah they taught the a level syllabus for uh international baccalaureate art so um i i essentially nearly failed my ib i passed by one mark right and i am the sort of person that got a's and a stars and b's for my gcse's okay. Yeah. And I got a first class degree. So like I don't fail educational things. And I was so cross and so resentful for so long that um, I didn't get into any of my universities. I didn't even get into my reserve university. So I had to fight my way into university. And if it hadn't have been for the um, extracurricular stuff that I did, which (laughs) as I'm sure is not a surprise, was many and varied, um, I probably wouldn't have got a place at university. And in the end, when I, so I did psychology at uni and uh, like literally the woman, I remember the woman when, because we had to fight. Cause I also, sorry, I'm like all over the place. Cause this is such a raw memory. Why does this keep happening anyway? So I finished my studies in April of the year where everybody else finished in June. And um, so I had to fight my way into getting um, a place and clearing hadn't even started. So I was trying to get a place in during the academic period period where everybody was still like all the places were gone. It was so hard. And the woman phoned me and was like, could you please stop faxing me your achievements? <laughs> like, literally, <laughs> can you please stop faxing me your achievements? Because I literally, I just sent, I just sent everything that I had done. Because I was like, mm-hmm. I promise you, I'm a good student. Like this was, a, this, this shouldn't have happened. Um, they also sent off the wrong, uh, so you know how your teachers have to send off a thing to the universities that you've applied to? They sent mm-hmm. the wrong 
fucking scores off. So how I ha- literally like I was so shafted in 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 those upper sixth form years. Anyway, I got a place and surprise, surprise. Three years later, I got a first class degree in psychology. Then I did a master's in um, cognitive neuropsychology. Then I went off and did another master's um, as part of my corporate fast track management thing, which was a, a, a master's in public management. So I had two masters. I nearly did a PhD, um, <laughs> which was going to be in distributed cognition. Um, I got a scholarship to do that at Macquarie in, in Sydney in Australia, but I was just so done. Um, so I stopped and there was a period after having having to do the master's in public management, which I did not want to do, I can assure you. And I finished it seven months pregnant as well. Um, I didn't even go to my graduation because I was just like, fuck, that is over. Um, it almost permanently damaged my love of learning. And so for a little while, I would say there was probably two years I didn't read a book. I didn't read a journal. I didn't investigate anything. I didn't research anything. I didn't, I didn't do anything. And I can honestly say I was probably in a massive learner basement. And I don't remember now what it was that caused me to pick up a book, but all of a sudden I picked up a book and then I remembered. Mm-hmm. And since that day, since that first book that I picked up, it has just been a this massive resurgence of <gasps> learning gives me life. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think I will ever, ever stop learning, like not ever. And I do courses. I read books. One thing that was interesting to me this week, well, I had a discussion with Scott about learning and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Um he he often looks to experts so he will take many more courses than I would whereas I am very self-driven so I like to teach myself the things I like to unearth the lessons Mm -hmm. myself so that is why I do a lot of deconstruction and I like I like that self-driven deconstruction forensic analysis to work out what somebody's doing I don't necessarily want people to tell me I want to figure it out I want to learn it I want to to unearth it so a bit like you I I wouldn't say I have one source of learning like I listen to podcasts I read non-fiction books I watch documentaries albeit to a lesser extent on the documentaries because I don't I try not to watch too much tv um but I do um and I swing between wanting to know everything about so many different things and also going very narrow and deep like Chloe says to me that um me my dad and 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 my son are all the exact same we have our um obsessions or our specialisms our special topic that we go very very deep on um and Atlas is the same and I'm the same and so obviously right that's writing for me or the publishing industry however you want to um put it um so yeah I don't know like learning things gives me life and yeah I just I'm so grateful that I found my way back to learning Mm -hmm. because I think like you said if you're not growing you're dying yeah and you know I don't want to die so I want to keep learning and growing and and changing and consuming information I I you know yeah I don't know so I I love learning I love self-driven learning which is why I got on much better at university than I did at school like Mm -hmm. I I don't have great memories of school um but it's because I think that um they it's not individualized enough school I think they just you know they can't because there's 30 kids how can you individualize that you can't um no No. I mean two two bonus things I kind of want to add just after like some of the stuff you said like number one I don't know (laughs) I imagine you're probably the same but one thing that I've definitely found uh, I can't remember who I had a conversation with about this like I used to listen to so many indie publishing podcasts when I started out like there was um self-publishing podcast there was like the rock rocking podcast i can't remember it doesn't run anymore but i i indulge myself in like the creative pen and all of these and like everything and i really don't listen to half as many of those as i used to yeah because there's 
a saturation point of like some of the stuff that people talk about even the six figure author podcast is fantastic and a great resource for people like I, I highly recommend listening to it um but you get to a point where like there's only so many times you can hear the same lessons because there is a truth a universal truth amongst how it works as indie and so sometimes you're forced to then expand and go elsewhere which is why like you've had business people on your podcast and why like i listen to like entrepreneurial podcasts that look at like other spaces and things and yeah um so it can definitely change over time that lens through which you view it as you grow as a person. And then the other thing kind of drawing off that kind of individualization and, and curiosity of the education system. I definitely found that my degree, um, my dissertation was one of the most fascinating things I did because I, my dissertation was on um, existentialism in the works of Samuel, Samuel Beckett. Wow. And I was just fascinated by him and like existentialism in general. And I could go on about that for hours, but like do you think you'll parent, ever do a, do you think you'll ever do a phd no really okay i i, I, I still n- might i no longer hold any value personally on like qualifications or pieces of paper because i've seen people do amazing things without them but it's not the qualification it's the opportunity to go really deep into one subject that appeals to I, me i it's, can do it's that not, without that yeah okay that's yeah that's just that's where my head's at anyway um but as a parent as well I didn't realize this as strongly as I do now that I have like a six-year-old who's like fascinated by stuff. He, and this won't be a surprise to many people, he is obsessed with Minecraft. Like he loves Minecraft and I feed his obsession, but I widen his obsession in as many possible ways that I can. So like he loves building things in creative mode. He likes running a survival and you learn about like, (laughs) so the point that I'm going to be trying to highlight here is like how many extra skills you can learn off of something that seems really like yeah. just stupid. Like he learns yeah. finance skills by understanding like how much he needs to earn to buy things. Mm-hmm. He understands the fact that you can only run so far in the wilderness without like your hunger meter going down and you have to buy food before you die. Um, he's taken a real interest lately in um, like the PC version of Minecraft and sort of mods and things. Mm-hmm. So I'm showing him how you can like edit software and like modify things and We're just digital about- spaces. We need to talk about this afterwards because Raspberry Pi is one of the things I'm looking at, and also Coda Kids. Yeah, Coda yeah, Kids. Yeah, yeah. It, it is a subscription. Let's we'll talk about this offline because we are yeah. doing the same on this end, like to teach Atlas programming. Yeah, but I like I bought him books that have like crosswords and Sudoku's and things and Minecraft themed. Like he has kits where he builds stuff. Like I'm, I'm. It, he loves Minecraft, so why not teach him other things through the lens of Minecraft that yeah. later on will be useful? And like it really kills me because. I've had conversations with people where they're like, aren't you worried about like video game addiction and stuff like video games are really bad for kids. And I'm like, they, that was the truth in quotes for people on the podcast. That was the truth back in like the nineties when video games weren't maturing. And like, there was, there was a lot of dodgy stuff with video games because there wasn't even like age licensing and stuff. But like I said to this person and I haven't done the research, but I said to this person, like, how do we know that's truth? Because do you have the facts like surely there's new research to like say whether it's good or bad one way or the other and like ways to you know skew that but yeah the point being what i have been astonished over is watching atlas's development in minecraft when he first got it the game because he wanted it for so long he put it down and didn't play with it for about three months because he couldn't do it now he can build entire castles and they are so creative that I'm like, you built that. Like, and I'm, j- and it's not that I don't believe that he's skilled, but it's so good that I'm you like, learn, what the fuck? Like, how did you, you do learn that? how much of a sponge kids are? Like, yeah, it was yeah. the same. We, we got it on switch and I played the first round with him and I was like, trying to understand how it works and everything because even i was struggling and there's no tutorial in minecraft you have to like figure it out and then he played like an hour and then the following weekend he'd gone home and he'd watched some youtube videos and he came back and he built a working minecart system where he was pushing like a cow up and down hills and three tunnels and stuff and i was like how 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 have you done this (laughs) right i am going to draw this to a close because we have done over an hour you you asked (laughs) the question i did ask the question i apologize what you were doing (laughs) um okay Uh, what are you going to do to level up your business this week uh i have a presentation to create and a presentation to give to um the be a bestseller 2.0 conference so i'll put a link for that in the show notes because anyone who wants to come and uh, enjoy a virtual conference for free I have a link that you can register for and attend. And it's this Friday, uh, this Thursday and Friday, 
Thursday and Friday, 7th and the 8th. Um, and I'll be giving a presentation. There's some other fantastic speakers there all about like, it, basically the whole point is sort of building resilience so that you can write that first novel and work your way to become a bestseller. Um, so that's a presentation that I've got to do uh, and then also finish off the resources for the nano preppers. Love it. I am going to work on Trey. I am going to continue shutting down tasks. By the time we record this, I won't have finished Storyteller, but I will finish it that day if we record on Friday. So I'm going to include that in this weekly accountability, but I'm including it for the end of Friday, not when we record if that makes sense uh just because i can't because the meeting's at three o'clock so you have any specificity on trey um not this week but because i don't know what my pace is going to be one of the things that i have learned and i know we you have told me this is that <laughs> i'll explain why in like three sentences writing muscle you talk about it all the time and i'm yeah. like yeah 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 um but i smashed out a five thousand word lessons learned post on what I've learned about the audiobooks in about two and a half hours mm-hmm. um two and a half hours five thousand words and I was like fuck and it just goes to remind me that I have a non-fiction writing muscle mm-hmm. I don't have a non-fiction writing muscle but that's okay because now I know I'm a build it mm-hmm. exactly um so no I don't have a numbers related target but that's because i need to gather data on what my speed and pace and things are and also because i'm mostly editing the front end and it doesn't need a lot and it's when i get to the middle chunk which will probably be in another week to 10 days that's when i'll really gather the data to know how long things take me um okay so that's it so audience question of the week is what is your relationship with learning and we will see you next week Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become next level authors. Okay. Hello, achievers. I'm going to just start that again because you like said okay in the middle of me. So What's your issue? Like, I can't talk on our show. No. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> our show is about me. No, I'm joking. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, no. gotcha. Our show is about our banterous friendship. Yes.